right, for all you freelancing beginners out there, I'm ready to go over eight different tips that I feel like will make it easier for you and make you feel like you have a better understanding of what you're doing out there in the wild, wild freelancing West. <laughs> the most important thing to take away from this is to just get started, to just do it. And I hope my freelancing tips will help you understand what you need to do. So by the end of today, yes, today, you can open a freelancing profile, just dive in and get it done. Let's do it. Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six-figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. All right, hey guys, welcome back to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something a lot of you have requested, which is tips for beginners in the world of freelancing. I feel like freelancing overwhelms people because it's such a foreign concept compared to how work was done in the last 60 years. But there's also these different nuances and special tips that people feel like they don't know when they're getting started. And it'll be that kind of feeling that will scare them into getting started or making them think they just simply don't know enough to do it for themselves. And then they'll think about it, they'll think about it, they'll listen to podcasts, they'll read books, but they'll never actually do it. So I wanted to kind of go over, you know, tips that I think would help anyone if they're just getting started freelancing and tips that, you know, I guess I wish I had known or I had heard on a podcast before I started freelancing. So that's what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. And, you know, my first thing I'm going to start out with, which is all related to mindset and really mindset is the foundation of everything in business and everything worth having is that you need to set aside these fears that you're not good enough, you don't know enough, and you're going to be outed. You know, the imposter syndrome, like I talked about in the other episode, is very real. So people have this feeling of, oh, if I make a freelancing profile, you know, my cousin or my best friend's going to go see my profile and make fun of me, and they're going to share it around my high school and tell everyone that I'm trying something and and all these fears that are floating around our heads. And I know it sounds, you know, kind of crazy when I say it out loud like that, but these are absolutely thoughts that we are all thinking. They happen to me too. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not immune to them either. And it's these thoughts that prevent us from even getting started. So the very first thing that you have to do is just understand that people are always going to talk badly about you no matter what you're doing. So the, the second you try and do anything new or something that's difficult or something that other people are afraid to do, they're going to have something to say about it. That It's just so predictable. It's honestly funny at this point. So you have to get you know over the idea that you're going to be able to do this and also have nobody talk any crap about you. No, I'm, I can't say that's going to happen. People will talk crap about you. And understanding that is a very freeing thing. And understanding where their crap talking is coming from is also freeing because it's coming from their own unhappiness and their own fear to get started doing this because they want to do this too. So don't let these thoughts get you down. If you hear that one rogue friend of yours said something bad about it, 
so what? Okay, that's sad for them that they need to do that. They're clearly unhappy with their lives and, you know, predict that it's going to happen so that when it does, it's not shocking and it doesn't stop you from this journey. Kind of just throw it all out there, you know, own it. And then when you own it, nobody really can say anything about you because you're out there, you're living it, you're loving what you're doing, and everybody else wants to love what they're doing. So whether they love you or hate you, they're going to follow you from afar. They're going to be interested in what you're doing. And just focus on you, you know, run your race. Okay, now that we got a little mindset chat out of the way, I feel like this podcast could be a good morning one for people to listen to to help them get in the zone. Uh, My number one tip, hands down, for new freelancing beginners is to just do it. There is no practice like actual practice. I mean, you can, again, yes, read books, listen to this podcast, of course, do all of these things that are going to enrich you. I'm not saying not to, but nothing compares to actually doing it. You know, just think about if you're trying to learn how to make pottery. You can watch YouTube videos all day, but you're not going to be good at doing it until you actually sit down with the piece of clay and the spinning table. I'm sure there's a name for it, and people are going to laugh that I don't know the name right now. I'm going to go look it up after this, but there's nothing like actually doing it. There is no time like the now, and you know, practice, it goes over everything. I know for me, that was the case. I got better at freelancing and copywriting and writing blogs and ebooks simply by doing it. If you don't feel comfortable charging someone five or $10 for your first blog post, that's understandable. Offer to do it for free, you know, for friends and family, go on Facebook, ask someone who needs a blog written or a logo made. Do free work in the beginning, but practice. I mean, if you don't want to tell anyone you're doing it, then come up with a fake business in your head. Maybe it's like a pet supplies company that needed a logo made and their name is, you know, Petscapes. I don't know. I mean, come up with the logo for them and practice. There's there's nothing like getting your own workflow down, understanding your own brain and how you're going to approach each project. What does look good? What doesn't look good? How long did it take you? You're not going to know any of this until you actually just sit down and make it a reality and do it. And That's often the hardest step in all of this. It's easy to read a book, you know? It's easy to listen to this podcast in your car. It's easy to do all of those things and educate yourself, which is a great thing to do, but nothing compares to actually sitting down and practicing. And I can absolutely say for me that practice makes perfect. Every subsequent year since I got on Fiverr in 2015, my efficiency in writing has increased. So Just to give you guys an example, I would say in 2015, it probably took me an hour to write a 500 word blog for a client. And it's, you know, it's up to 15 to 20 minutes today, which is definitely disturbing in its own right. And I'm not saying that's where you should be at all with your writing, not at all. But it just shows you every year I got five to 10 minutes faster as I've been doing this for six years now. So, you know, think of an Olympic athlete that's going out there and competing in gymnastics. I mean, They weren't the gymnasts they are now when they were four. It's like, that's how all this goes. That's why there's a patience, you know, element here. You have to get started. And if there's anything you take away from this episode, it's literally get started today and start doing free work for people. There is nothing that will prepare you more or ensure your success more than just actually doing it. So I can't stress that enough, guys. My next tip would be, you know, something related to that, that often happens in a lot of our minds, especially people drawn to entrepreneurialism and working for themselves is don't hold yourself to such high expectations. When you're just getting started at something brand new, you're not going to be amazing at it. And if you were, that would be, you know, really weird and not normal. (laughs) You're not going to be the best at it for a while. You know, it's going to take all this practice. So 
don't like have such high expectations for yourself. That's why I tell people to charge, you know, cheap rates when they get started on these sites. Not only is it going to get you buyers who are on a small budget, but it's also going to, you know, lower your expectations for yourself. So you're not flipping out under so much stress. You know, that voice in your head, well, this blog has to be perfect. It ought, you know, it better be perfect. No, it's not going to be perfect. It actually will never be perfect. And you can't hold yourself to a standard like that when you're just starting out. You are only worth what people will pay you for. Okay. That is like a phrase people don't want to hear me say, but it's a, you know, it's an important one to think about. When you're just starting on Fiverr, these people don't care if you just came from some fancy agency and did your 10 years and your boss told you you were amazing at your job every day. They're like, okay, great, that's fine and all, but what's the quality of the product you're going to deliver to me? That's all I care about. People only care about themselves, their lives, and what they're buying from you. So you are only worth what people will pay you for. When you're just starting out on a freelancing site, is your 500-word blog worth $100? No, probably not yet. It's probably in the $10 to $25 range, but that's fine because that, like that, it all lines up charging cheap rates at first. There's lower expectations on you from yourself. There's lower expectations on you from the buyer. You're more likely to amass reviews, which I'm going to talk about in this next point. You know, it all lines up and is actually a great thing to charge cheap rates at first. So lower your expectations on yourself. You know, you don't have to show up and be perfect. You're not going to show up and be perfect. So you shift what you're demanding of yourself so you can actually focus and grow and have some fun doing this. Like this doesn't have to be miserable. I mean, the journey should be fun. It should be exhilarating working for yourself, seeing how much money you make, you know, watching yourself grow. I, I know for me, I mean, I would even go to say it's somewhat addicting. It's like I'm almost competing against myself every day to see what I'm capable of. And nobody is telling me what I can and can't do. There's no boss. And I love it. I mean, I think nothing drives change and, you know, getting better at what you do more than that kind of competition with yourself every day. So you know, be sure to lower your expectations and just have some fun with this. It doesn't have to be miserable. I mean, the whole point of leaving a job and working, no longer working for a boss or in a corporate setting is that you can, you know, pick your schedule now. You can pick what you do for a living. So if you're going to leave the quote unquote stability of those jobs, you know, shouldn't you be happy with what you're doing? Not that there's stability at those jobs anymore, but <laughs> I'll go into that in another episode. <laughs> okay. So my third tip here is that reviews are liquid gold and that they're the currency metric on these freelancing sites. So, you know, reviews are everything. This can be a concept that's hard for people who are new to doing things online. There are reviews on every site, to, you know, from Facebook to Yelp to Fiverr to Upwork. There are reviews today. Why are there reviews? Because reviews are what are called social proof. And as human beings, we care about what our peers think about other things. You've done it and I've done it. If I'm going to go buy a shirt today on an online clothing store, I'm going to go scroll down and see what the other five girls said about that shirt. If all five of them gave it a zero you know, review and said, oh my gosh, the shirt is terrible. Don't buy it. I'm probably not going to buy it because someone else that I associate being similar to me has weighed in and said it's not worth it. This social proof helps us build trust and feel more comfortable making purchases online when we haven't actually seen or felt the product. And this exact same concept holds true on a site like Fiverr. If somebody's going to buy from you, you know, they want to know that they're not wasting their money. If they see five reviews on your profile that are all one star and they all say seller delivers late, seller is terrible, you know, all these things, then other people aren't going to buy from you. They're, you know, these reviews help them cut down time and they help you trust. They help them trust you. Just to give you guys an idea, after six years on Fiverr, 
I think, oh Lord, I think I have 7,000 reviews, which is crazy. So starting out freelancing, you need to plan around these reviews. You need to accept that they're not going anywhere. And in a way, you need to almost manipulate them and use them to your advantage. I understood this the second I started freelancing. I saw how important these reviews were. So I sat down and thought, okay, how can I get as many five-star reviews in the you know shortest amount of time? Because the more five-star reviews I have, the more these people are going to trust me and buy from me. So that's what caused me to sift around the site. And I found what exists inside of Fiverr called the buyer request portal. And if you're on your seller dashboard, you just go up to the top, click on more, and the drop-down arrow brings you to it. If nothing is showing up in your buyer request portal, contact customer service and make sure that they optimize your profile because it might mean there's something messed up with your keywords. Anyway, what this is, is a job site within Fiverr. So it's actually people posting about work that they need done and you can apply to their posts. And I would go into buyer request. You can do up to 10 per day and I would see the ones that I could fulfill for people. And I would offer the cheapest rate and the quickest turnaround time, like 24 hours to the point where these people couldn't say no to my offer. That's how hungry I was for this. And then, you know, doing 10 of these a day, quite quickly, I was able to amass a solid amount of reviews that helped other people start trusting me. Another thing that you can do is market yourself off of Fiverr to friends, family, inner circles, and your social media followers and say to them, hey, for a discount, you know, if you buy this Fiverr gig, like I'm looking for reviews or whatever. I mean, careful how you word it, but Say, you know, for a discount, I will do the service for you on Fiverr. So that's how you can bring more clients in that will book you directly and get you these reviews that you need. And between doing these two things and then, you know, also making sure your profile and your gigs look excellent, which I'll talk about in other episodes, you should absolutely get some momentum behind your profile. If momentum is not building behind your profile, it means that there are some things that are wrong. There's pricing that's incorrect. And there's other things that need to be fixed because these, you know, these ways to get reviews are are fail proof and I have experienced them firsthand. So, you know, reviews are the currency that you need to care about on these sites. That is why you can't charge really intense, expensive rates yet when you start out on there because you don't have reviews. So to these people, you haven't earned your keep. I mean, you know, there's always that concept of interning, apprenticeships. It'll always be there because people feel like they need, you know, you need to put in your time before you deserve the same amount of exposure and money that the other people on there who have put three, four, five years in are getting. Is there room for you? Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, if you look anywhere at any of these news articles today, so many businesses are going online because of the pandemic and wanting to be relevant without foot traffic. So there absolutely is room for you. So don't let that stop you. That shouldn't be something that is floating around your head ever. Okay. So there's room for you, but you do need to almost humble yourself a little bit when you get on there. And, you know, no matter where you came from, what experience you have, what you think you're worth, what you were being paid, you're going to have to take a cut because you're starting over again. It, it happens with everything. So, you know, a little humility can go a long way with this. And I found that people who are the most humble often experience the most success when right away on there when you're able to just kind of humble, your, humble yourself down a little bit. Okay. My fourth tip, I could do a whole episode on this alone, is to do what you're passionate about as a freelancer. Again, why did you quit your job and take this risk to go work for yourself if you're going to go do something that you hate again? You should be freelancing your passion. I love writing. I never considered myself a writer, but I always liked to write. I mean, when I was four, I was writing poems. So there was definitely always this innate calling in me to be a writer. So when I started freelancing and I realized 
well, you know, here we go. I guess I'm working for myself now, which means I can technically do whatever I want. What do I want to do? I guess I guess I want to write. I don't want to organize files. I don't want to do other things that I had to do at this job. I just quit. I want to write. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go write. And I picked my passion first and built a business around it. And when you, you know, do something you're passionate about, there's the, the quote, you never work a day in your life, but it's true. I mean, when you're in step with whatever it is you feel called to do or whatever makes you happy, other people can feel that and recognize it. There are days it is not going to be easy on there. It's, you know, no one says it's easy managing your own business. Sometimes people on my TikTok videos will say, wow, way to make this look easy. And I'm like, well, it's a 15 second TikTok video. So I don't know how, you know, I'm supposed to communicate to you that obviously this isn't going to be easy. Nothing worth having is ever easy. And making really good money is is never going to be a walk in the park. That's why so many people don't make that money because they don't want to put in the time and effort that it is going to require or they they're content not doing it, which is completely fine, too. But it's you know, there's going to be hard days on these sites. So you're going to want to make sure you're doing what you're passionate about so that the work that you're also doing isn't bringing you unhappiness. It, it You need to reserve that experience for customer service and buyer problems. It shouldn't be from what you're actually doing and providing to people. You need to love what you are doing. And, and I believe everyone on the planet should love what they're doing every day for a living. I think our system, you know, somewhere in the last 100 years, I think it veered really off course and started teaching kids that you need to, you know, prioritize what's going to make you money. You shouldn't prioritize what makes you happy. And I think that has really messed people up and they end up going to school and getting these degrees they don't need and doing what they think they ought to do or what's safe when they don't realize if you do something you're passionate about and pour your heart and soul into that passion, the money will follow it. I mean, I've seen people who, you know, sell avocados and, and do this crazy stuff that you would think, oh, that can't make money. Well, there's the avocado guy that sells all of his avocados to top restaurants in cities across the, you know, the U.S. today. So now he would laugh in your face and go, well, that's just not true. So yeah, when you get started freelancing, I mean, one of the most amazing things about it is you should sit down and think to yourself, wow, for once in my life, like I get to choose what I want to do. You know, what is my calling? What do I always feel like I'm missing in these other jobs? What makes me happy? Should I do a total pivot? You know, this is your chance to like reinvent yourself and do what you actually love to do. If you don't know how to figure out what you love to do, you can start by writing down a bunch of things that bring you happiness and Go through the steps of maybe grouping them together and seeing what's your biggest group. Does it involve writing? Does it involve video? Does it involve photography? You know, sit down and get to know yourself a little better and what makes you happy. And that's what you should be selling as a freelancer. You should not just be chasing the dollar. That is not what I did when I got on there. I had I had no idea a, a writer, freelance writer, could be making $375,000 a year. I had no idea. That was not why I started doing it. I started doing it because it made me happy. And it was something that I've always enjoyed in my life. So you do what you love. I absolutely believe the money will then follow. Okay, guys, my fifth tip here, this is a good one. And this involves energy exchanges. So I won't, I won't go too deep here, but we'll tap, you know, tap into it a little bit. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Fiverr is not the only freelancing site out there. I only talk about it because it's the one that I blew up on. But that doesn't mean that I hate on Upwork or TopTal or all these other sites. I don't. I've actually just don't really even know them that well because all of my time was sucked up by Fiverr. So please do not put all of your eggs in one basket. I'm not saying you have to only be on Fiverr, okay? They're not, I'm not being paid to talk about Fiverr. I'm only talking about it because it happened to be 
a money vehicle for me that I want other people to know about. But here's what I believe in this life. When you put all of your focus and energy into just one thing, I feel like you're closing off your other energy pathways that could be opening in other ways. So what I mean by that is if you're just going to get started on Fiverr and not entertain any other idea, then you never gave yourself the ability to see that maybe Upwork would have worked for you. Maybe there's a freelancing site in your respective country that there isn't in the U.S. I think you have to give yourself all of these chances and all of these energy pathways for them to show you and unlock and, and say, no, actually, this was the one that was meant for you, or, or this was the one that was meant for you. That's why I think we should be trying new things every single day. And, you know, what I believe is give God the opportunity to show you what your divine purpose and your divine calling is. Because if you're just going to do one thing that you think is right, well, that might not be what God or quote unquote the universe thought was right for you. So, Putting all of your eggs in one basket, I think, is a really dangerous thing to do with anything. I think it can totally prevent you from reaching your divine purpose and, and not seeing what you actually could have been doing. Just because my path was in Fiverr doesn't mean that your path is in Fiverr. It, it very well might be, but it also might not be. So try out all the different sites out there. I mean, some people have said freelancers a little sketch, but there's Guru, Cloud Peeps, you know, Freelancer Upwork, Fiverr, TopTal. Those are just a few. I mean, there's so many popping up every single day. You know, if you get in with a brand new freelancing site, that might be that might be your in. Like you might blow up with that site that's about to be a big competitor of Fiverr and they just don't even know it yet. So, you know, check around. When I first started, yes, I had a Fiverr profile, but I also had an Upwork profile and I started taking on private social media management clients. So there's no reason why you should just be doing one single thing. I allowed myself to try three different things so that Fiverr presented itself as the winner in the end. Okay, to get a little more technical now with this next tip that I just think everyone should know when they're getting started freelancing is to keep response times and delivery times on time. Fiverr and all the other freelancing sites measure these because this is how they determine if you're you know, a quality provider for their buyers or not. When you respond to people on Fiverr, they they count how long it took for you to respond to someone who wrote to you. So I think my response time is like four to five hours, obviously, because I have to sleep at night. But if your response time is 12 hours, Fiverr is no longer going to promote your profile to their buyers because they figure you're just not able to meet their expectations. When somebody asks a question about their business or a service they need, they want it now. They honestly, they want it yesterday. And that's why they're on there. They want to get it done as soon as possible. They missed a deadline. They want to make something a reality, whatever it is. They want, you know, Fiverr wants to promote the people that are going to provide this service and comfort to these people as quickly as possible. And that holds true for your delivery timers, too. So when you start an order on Fiverr, there's a timer that starts that you actually set when you set up the gig. So most of my timers are for two days or 48 hours. If I deliver the order after that 48 hour mark, Fiverr factors that into a percentage on my profile that shows what percent of my deliveries are delivered on time. I think mine's 95%. That's where I try to keep it. You know, am I late occasionally? Yes, I'm a human being, but you cannot make a habit of it at all. And I would say in the beginning, you know, really get your time management down where you're never late. There should really never be a time when you are delivering late on an order and starting out you might think, oh, I don't need to like worry about these things yet if I'm brand new. No, you definitely do because Fiverr won't promote your profile up to other buyers if you're already screwing up with response time and delivery time. So you're probably thinking, okay, but like, how do I make sure I respond to these people all the time? What if I'm out and about? 
Well, that's why Fiverr and Upwork, they all have mobile apps. <laughs> so you just have the notification sent to your phone. If someone messages you, you'll see it. If you're at the gym, you know, putting gas in your car, it's very simple. You click on it, open it up, see what they're writing to you. And even if you write back just one sentence, that's fine. But just make sure you write something back because now you've cut down how long it took you to respond to that person who wrote to you in the first place. I've had some people tell me there's some interesting hacks where you can leave Fiverr open on your desktop all day. And that will show people that you're online on Fiverr and also help them promote your profile. It's a cool little tip you guys might want to note. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's no excuse for timeliness problems, response times on Fiverr when starting out. So definitely make sure you kind of get that under control and understand the seriousness of that. And do know, you know, Fiverr resets its percentages and factors and changes over time. So if you screwed up, just keep consistent for the next 30 days or so and your response times and percentages will go up right away. So you're not, you know, you're not totally screwed forever and ever. <laughs> okay, which brings me to my seventh tip. This is a very important one that new freelancers on a site like Fiverr might not know, which is to never turn on the out of office switch or vacation mode ever. When you do that, you completely drop out of the Fiverr algorithm. They see that you are not available for work and they completely remove you from search results when people are looking up the services you offer. This is really, really bad because if you, you know, understand how algorithms work, they're not like these quick things. They're AI based. They learn as they go. So when you come back out of office, are you going to just be ranked at the top again? No, you're not. The algorithm is going to slowly work you back in until you prove to that algorithm that you're you know, worthy of these clients again. Because Fiverr's running a business here. They want to make sure they are promoting the sellers they feel will make their buyers the happiest because they want these people to keep spending their money on their platform. So never, ever, ever go out of office. If anything, turn on the different features within your gig. You can turn on a feature that requires people to message you before they book a gig. You can set a gig maximum where only three orders can be placed at a time. You can extend the delivery timer from three days to seven days. You can do a bunch of stuff if you know you're not going to be able to do work for three days. But the last thing you should ever do is go out of office. And yes, that means if you are on vacation, if you are traveling, you do need to check into your Fiverr still every day. This is part of the lifestyle of this, guys. This is what this is a side effect of being able to work for yourself, travel the world, not have a boss, is that you have to check in onto this app every single day. And it's really not a big deal. You can do it in the morning when you're laying in bed. You can do it while you're eating lunch. You can do it while you're sitting in the car. Just make sure you open up the app, you know, a couple times a day and you answer these people. It doesn't mean you're doing their work, but you still need to answer them to keep these response rates and all these percentages up. So, you know, you can't just close out Fiverr for a week and come back to it. That is not how this life works. And there obviously is going to be some drawbacks to this. It can't be all perfect, you know, so that would be my word of advice here. Do not drop out of the algorithm. I have not for a single day in six years not signed on to the Fiverr app just to give you guys an idea of my commitment to these stats and making sure that I'm always attentive and responsive to people on there. All right. My last tip, which will undoubtedly become its own episode, is to think visually on Fiverr. I know it can be hard to think like this because it's kind of this anonymous service platform where you're not exactly sitting face to face with these people. But it's actually because of that that you need to emphasize visuals and everything else that you do. These people are looking to trust you, which is why your profile picture on Fiverr has to be a professionally shot, crisp photo of yourself making eye contact and smiling. 
because these people need to look at you and go, I trust them. Like you, you need to communicate to them what you look like and why you're trustworthy. You don't need to be a model. That's not what they're looking at. They just want to know that you're not pretending to be somebody else or pulling a fast one on them to get their money. That's why all of your gig images, even if you're doing something as boring as coding a website, I'm not saying that's boring for people who code websites. It's not. I just don't understand it. You still need to have your photo inside of that gig to show people that you're not scamming them. You're not going to outsource this to some person halfway across the world. You need to show them, hi, I'm me. Look at these are my eyes. This is my smile. This is me. I'm not lying to you and I'm here and I'm ready to provide to you. So high quality, crisp imagery. It's worth having a professional photo shoot done. iPhone pictures aren't going to cut it here. You guys can just check out my profile for examples of what I mean with this photography or any one of my social media sites. You'll see like how hard I hit it with the visuals. You know, do I love having my picture taken? Not at all, but I absolutely understand it's a huge part of marketing yourself, especially as a freelancer. So you're going to have to get over it. It's fine. It's part of the marketing game today. Everybody else does it. You're not going to be the only one with professional photos. So don't worry about it. All right, guys, I hope those eight tips for freelancing beginners has helped assuage your fears and made you feel a little more like you can do this and you've got this and you absolutely do got this. And the first thing you just need to do is dive in and practice. And if you want feedback on your profile, if you don't know, you know what you're doing, be sure to join my Facebook group. People post their profile links and we all chime in and help them optimize it. So Facebook group is called Freelancing Mentorship with Alexandra Fasulo. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week. And yeah, bye.